What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge. That's right. MTV flagship is back. Past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight on this very late Tuesday night. I did not plan on being here quite this late tonight. We planned on recording this tomorrow morning, this pod being the Season 39 Preview Podcast, Battle for a New Champion Preview Podcast. But then we found out just a few hours ago, or I found out, some of you may know, some of you may not know, that tomorrow night on October 18th is technically the first episode of the new season. It is not on the 25th. That is still being regarded as the season premiere. But like they did back on Spies, Lies, and Allies, there is a launch special, a.k.a. the best episode of the season, episode one, meet the cast, hang out at the house, be with the cast for 60 minutes, no challenge stuff. That's the best. That was the honestly the best episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. It was fantastic. Or was that Double Agents? I don't remember even which one they did it for. They did it for one of them, and it was great. And they're doing it again, and they're not doing a Monday-Wednesday thing like they did the time they've done it before. They're doing a Wednesday-Wednesday thing. So if you are listening to this right now, it is very likely, I mean, by the time I'm done recording this, it'll actively be into the hours of October 18th, Wednesday. Wednesday, October 18th, MTV, 8, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, Technically, the first episode of the season premieres. So make sure you're watching. They don't promote this stuff nearly well enough. If that's the only thing you get out of this preview podcast, that's all you'll really need that you desperately need because you've got to go watch. Because again, it it should be great. It's a fantastic episode. Last time they did it, I anticipate it will be one of the best episodes of the season again, yet they don't promote it as the first episode. It's a launch special. It's a get to know the cast. We'll see. I believe they did the similar for Ride or Dies, and I didn't like that one as much. But regardless, if it's it's worth watching, it's necessary viewing for the season. It is, in my mind, the beginning of the season. So I thought you'd have a full week to prepare. I thought we'd be recording this pod tomorrow morning because I was like, it's still well over a week out that we get it released as long as it's you know late morning on Wednesday. No, we're here late Tuesday night to get this in, to get it out, to get it to you. So you can maybe listen to it before watching that launch special. But if you don't, if you've just tuned in and it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, what have you, and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Great. Listen here, then go watch that. If you did watch that and now you're listening, it's it won't change anything. Again, no one's, I don't think it's eliminated or anything like that on this season. So that's the first and foremost thing. Welcome. Thanks for being here. That's the second and most important thing. Quick programming reminders before we dive into Challenge 39, Season Preview, Battle for a New Champion. Um, USA 2 Finale recap will be out Thursday night. We've got the USA 2 Finale, so recap Thursday night. Next season, sometime during the week, I'm not sure exactly what day with everything else that will be going on, but we will do the season recap and awards for USA 2. So you've got two more USA 2-related pods coming your way. You've got Survivor 45 rolling on Episode 4 is on Wednesday, which means sometime between Thursday night and next Monday night, you will receive me and Tony's Survivor Historian coverage of that Survivor 45 episode. So you've got a couple more pods coming this week, and then, of course, next week, We'll be back again every Wednesday night after the episode airs. We will record. We will pod. I will get it out to you late that night as we always do with the challenge around here. So that is the plan for the foreseeable future. As for the plan today, I'm going to start by saying something I say over and over and over and over, and I never, ever do. So you have no reason to believe me, but I'm going to do my best not to make this the longest preview podcast in the world, okay? We're going to try to keep this in like the 30 to 40 minute range once we get going here. That is my hope. We will see how much I can deliver. The main reason for that is we only have one week until the show and we don't know a ton about it outside the trailers and clips, but also I did a cast reaction podcast that was an hour plus, you know, way back when the cast left for this season. I'll reference it a time or two throughout this pod if you want to go back 
back and listen to it. It's still very relevant reaction to the cast, plus some thoughts and opinions and things that could go in a preview podcast and just went in a you know, preview of the preview podcast way back when this cast actually set out to record this, what I hope will be wonderful season of the challenge for us. So go check that out. I will link directly to it in the show notes below if you want some extra preview content. But otherwise, for tonight, what we're going to do, a quick run through of kind of the state of the challenge slash the hype meter for this season. It kind of rolls into one. It'll make sense when I go through it. We're going to do that up off the top. Then we're going to go through a general overview, just kind of the, the idea of the cast, the idea of the theme of the season, what we like and don't like about it, what we like about having champs here or not. The format, a little bit we know, Croatia, the trailer clips, just kind of general overview stuff. Then we'll move into a full cast breakdown. We're not going to do cast by cast members, tons of thoughts on everyone. Again, we did that on the cast reaction podcast. We'll still read you the whole cast, give you an item about each one, but then we're going to do top five most excited for females and males. That's going to be the cast portion, and then we'll get into some power rankings and predictions. We'll see who's, you know, coming in hot, who should be at the top of that leaderboard. It's a very interesting, it's the hardest power rankings I've ever had to come up with. I will tell you that right now. I have no idea what's going to happen with this season, but I will, of course, make predictions regardless because we've got to. So that'll be at the close of the episode. So that's what we got. Thanks as always for being here. Remember one more time tomorrow, the day you are listening to this at best, 1018 Wednesday, October 18th, the launch special, 8 Eastern, 7 Central on MTV. It's basically the first episode, at least if it's anything like the SLNA one versus the Ride or Die one. Again, one was great. One was, eh, I don't really need that many more promo clips. Let's hope it's the former. As for this pod tonight, let's dive in. Battle for a new champion, the season that I don't know what the shorthand version is going to be. But eventually we'll get there. Maybe it's just season 39 forever. I don't know, but we're here to talk about it. We're here to preview it. Let's go. Kicking it off, I want to quickly recap a little bit of kind of where the challenge is at, where it was, where it could be, or what it could be right now. That'll lead into where my hype is, where my expectations level are for this season. So let's start here. There are some things about the challenge that are never, ever going to come back. And I think most fans have reckoned with this at this point. And we, while we still complain about it, not being what it used to be, we, we, we've accepted, we don't, we know that these sorts of things are never going to change. The main one of that is just how the casting works and the type of people that are going to end up on the show and the incentives for being on the show and what the show means, what being on reality television means now versus in the late 90s, certainly the all throughout the 2000s, really. And even in the early 2010s, like as social started getting going, it was a little bit different than it has been in the last, I would say, five to eight-ish years where things have just been different. So we don't really have the quote-unquote normal people. Obviously, everyone that comes on the show is still in no, there, there's no normal. What's a normal person? But I think you know what I mean by that. Someone who, you know, isn't wanting to be reality TV famous and just random. All of the casting stories we know so well of just my friend wanted to go. Uh, you know, I bumped into it. Someone just saw me at the mall and was like, I'm a casting director for the, the show called The Real World. Heard of it? Cool. You want to do it? Whatever kind of regular folks who aren't looking to be famous, who aren't looking to be influencers, who aren't, you know, worried about how long they could be on TV, anything like that, who just find out this sounds fun. They've got a big vibrant personality. They're thrown in the show and magic ensues. That can't really happen anymore in the age of social media and just what reality television in general, not just the challenge has become. And then the other thing that's can never come back is all the alcohol in the house. It used to be basically unlimited. You could go to bars. You could spend your own money. You could have as much as you want. You could more or less do anything. You could have anything to drink. You could go kind of anywhere within the towns and the areas they're in. Everything's much more buttoned up now. Now, is that a good thing? Yes, because we lose some of the terrible things that have happened in the past on this show, and we want to lose all of those things. And it's worth you know, the good things that we might lose to be able to lose all of the terrible things that we have gotten rid of by some of these more strict rules around how much you could consume, where you can go, who you can interact with, this, that, and the other. But we do obviously lose, looking back, some quintessential moments from the early years of the show as well. And that's just one of those things that, you know, 
we the show has always walked a fine line and slowly but surely we've decided that we should be a little more careful with not crossing that line and so those things are never coming back then there's some things that are probably never going to come back mainly the silliness of it again partially due to how the casting works and what reality television is now and online everything is now but also you know just kind of the lower stakes competition versus the high stakes sportification of it that's probably never coming back we're probably never going back to a time where it's not really regarded as a sport and strategy game as much as it is just like a silly little competition as the competition being the side thing is mostly what i'm trying to say and then we also are probably never going to get back to a specific set of feeder shows that we love and that have a track record of great casting the way it was real world road rules that was the basis of the show and nowadays you know over on usa that version of the show could get there and i think kind of already is there more or less if they just remove the fourth whatever dating show they incorporate each season and it's just like hey this is survivor big brother amazing race boom we come from those even if it just turns into survivor big brother only they can kind of do that but on the flagship one it's like we're pulling from all over the world we're pulling from any reality show and we don't you know there there isn't a version of it that turns into it's just this show and this show and we get them in. The only version of that is Big Brother Survivor. And again, that's going to probably happen, obviously, over on the CBS version of things. Then there are some things that do need fixed, can be fixed, and should be fixed to kind of make some improvements or go a little bit back to some elements of the old show. The biggest one being no obvious and dominant alliance from the start based off the cast that you've put in the house and then give that same group or a version of that same group that same position three, four, five seasons in a row. Yes, I'm talking about the Vacation Alliance conglomerate, which I have added the Vacation Alliance conglomerate now because it has morphed and has changed. New people have become a part of it over the last few seasons. Uh, someone like a Johnny Bananas very much to me is Vacation Alliance. It also kind of means the Vet Alliance, but just we've had... A lot of seasons in a row at this point where it's kind of we know going in oh, this group is going to work together and they're they've got enough numbers and most of them are good enough at the game like they're going to kind of run things and it might be interesting at the beginning but by the end it's going to mostly be them left and so whether we like them or not it's a little static it's a little boring then they also need to get the format a little more static speaking of the one thing that should be a little more static is the format start to finish i've talked about that a lot i will not go into it again here so there's some things never going to come back. There's some things that are probably never going to come back. And there are some obvious things to work on and fix, which I think this upcoming season looks to have potentially done. With all of this said, we kind of grade on a new scale. And I, my expectations are then kind of on a new scale. USA 2 proved me that it is possible to now like just think of things on this new scale and that you can have a best case version of the new normal with some hints at things from the past. We'll cover in the recap, season recap for USA 2, but I've covered it throughout the season. There's been these little cut touches, these little glimpses, these little homages to the old school challenge days and little ways where they've tried to tie in some little things that they can add back in or little touches they can have. And I think when graded on a scale of like, what's the best case version of a Challenge USA season? It's on CBS. It's people from these couple of shows. They're mostly rookies or second time they're doing it. What's the best case scenario for this? It's all about the strategy. No drama in the house is going to be shown. No parties going to be shown. We know all those things, those new parameters. What's the best case version of that? And I think USA 2, not to spoil anything in the season recap, but like, I think it might have bumped up almost into the A minus territory, like maybe into the A territory for what I believe like the best case version of a challenge USA season could be between some of the dailies, the eliminations, few of the super small, but important things like the telling us the location of the dailies. They've just done some things on that season that I'm like, okay, you, you know, it still is all about the strategy, all about the votes, all about who's going in, all about the game, but that's what it's going to be. We've accepted that. As far as that is considered, this USA 2 was a very, very good version of that, I thought. And so with this flagship season, it is also graded, certainly graded different than, than Challenge USA season, because I had I think there's significant differences between being on MTV and CBS and being the flagship and what they want to do with the Challenge USA. But I also still think this flagship season is graded differently than flagship seasons of the past because of all of these changes and what can never come back that we've just talked through. I would say Total Madness is where I would maybe draw a line and say up through War of the Worlds 2, 
I'm okay grading that stuff mostly on the same scale. You know, I've done a pod before about the different eras of the show. I really like thinking about it in the six eras I laid out then. And, you know, we're kind of in the sixth newest modern-ish era that you would, that I would say is uh, Total Madness on to now. So grading on the scale of like what I think a challenge flagship season could be right now in 2023 for a season 39, on that scale, I think that this season could honestly be far, far and away the best one of this new era. Again, Total Madness, Double Agent, Spies, Lies, Allies, Ride or Dies. And I throw in World Championships, the spinoffs, uh, you know, all the, not that not all-star spinoffs, but the World Championship spinoffs, Australia, UK, and Argentina into that bunch. If we ever, dare I say, have a season, a new season of the challenge that's so good that it deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as like, a battle of the seasons, gauntlet, duel, fresh me Two, cutthroat rivals, X's free agents, war of the worlds Two, any of the best of the best ever. Then I'll specifically say that, but otherwise I'm going to grade these seasons on a new scale. And I'm going to have my expectations based on a new scale of the best. It could possibly be in the new set of circumstances that we've been living in for a few years now. And I'm just so excited for this season for that reason, because I think it has all the ingredients from the little snippets we've seen. I just, I'm over the moon. I love, we're going to talk just, just one second about the idea of Battle of the New Champion, the cast in a, as a whole. I love it, love it, love it. I have been saying that for weeks. I have alluded to that many times on the pod already. That is the general consensus of tonight's podcast is I am so fucking excited. I love everything about the idea of this season, the cast for the season, the trailers, the clips, everything we've seen. So my expectations are super high. I legitimately think this can be an A- rated season of the challenge again on that newer modern scale i think this can blow out of the water the likes of rider dies sla double agents total madness world championships usa one or two any of it i think this could be you know again the best season since war of the worlds too which obviously if you've listened to this pod for any length of time you've probably figured out and heard me reference many times that war of the worlds too is one of, if not maybe the more I think about it, maybe my favorite season ever. And I, it's probably built up a little extra because it was so recent. And it was the last one that like did still prove we can still have an amazing, amazing all-time challenge season at this point of the show. So I'm excited. That's that's where we're at. That's our very long, basically, intro to this season. Let's move from here and talk high-level general overview, what about this season has me with such expectations, with such hope, with such excitement. First and foremost is obviously just the fact that it's called Battle for a New Season. Battle for a new season. That would be a weird name. Even weirder than Battle for a New Champion. All right. It's a cast of no previous winners from any season or any version of the show. And only folks, with one exception, who debuted on Total Madness onward. Mel Reeves is the only one who comes from before that point of the show. So before, you know, whatever we're calling this new era, this most modern era of the show, but everyone comes from that with Mel being the only exception in a worthwhile exception. There was one other attempt at a, uh, an exception to that Joss, but Oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not going to get sad. I'm not going to get sad. If you want to hear me be sad about Joss, maybe possibly having flown on the plane there and then being cut at the last moment, but also saying that he never got called and will never do the show again. If you want to hear any of that, that's a cast reaction podcast, go back and listen to that. Um, but we've got no previous winners again, only folks who debuted Total Madness onwards, with the exception of Mel Reeves, plus a few folks from UK, Australia, Argentina, World Championship seasons. All of that is amazing, and all of that is necessary. Anyone who has been upset about this over the last couple of months that we've known, I just don't understand. I don't know what you want. If you just, if you're so tired of like the Vacation Alliance type of people or vets running the game, but also now you're really mad at this, is it just because? All of the rookies, first, second, only been on the show a couple of times. People that you thought would be amazing aren't here, and you hate all of these ones. Like, I don't know, because I think they did a pretty good job of picking. Is if these are the parameters they're picking from, of like, we want people who've done one, two, three seasons, basically at most. We want them all from the last couple of seasons, and that's it. Like, I think they did a pretty good job. There's some that I would have said maybe deserved 
maybe they, I don't know if they got a call or not, but again, back cast reaction pods, the, the Kells of the world, Priscilla's of the world. Like, I don't know if they got a call or not and said yes or no, or what happened, but with few exception, they picked incredibly well for this parameters and it's necessary. They need to be able to make new stars and you can't become a star with your own storyline and on your own merit if everything in the house finds some way to revolve around a CT or bananas or just vets in general or a vacation alliance in general, because yes, we've seen on recent seasons like Ryder dies. The beginning of that season was really compelling and really cool. And there was like all these new people, but ultimately it becomes like a vacation alliance thing and, or like just a vets thing. And like all of your storylines somehow intertwine with, are you targeting a bananas or something like that? Like, you know, it just, there's no room to breathe. There's no room to force all of us to decide who's what's the who's the most interesting person to look at here. Who's the most interesting person to talk about? Where should the camera be? And there isn't a CT in the house. There isn't a Tory in the house. Okay, well, both of those people are going to be there in some small capacity or maybe not small capacity. We still don't know more on that in a minute, but this is necessary. This was needed. I love it. I'm excited. I think they picked incredibly well. We will talk about the entire cast individually here in a moment. They do have to beat a champion, as we just referenced, or something. I don't know. They kind of blew it, in my opinion, by having this many champs show up for something that, again, we don't, we don't, I don't, I, we think we assumed at the beginning it's a mercenary. I thought, you know, back in the cast reaction pod, I was like, is this invasion two? Because it was literally the day they started filming and we knew the champs were kind of around or there, maybe, or whatever. Um, but we don't know exactly other than it has been said that uh, there is, you know, you don't have to beat one of them to make a final, I believe has been put out there somewhere by official, more official channels. Um, so it isn't like an earn a skull versus champion type of thing. I don't know if it's just pure mercenaries. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. We don't know. We'll find out maybe in the launch special tonight, maybe in the first episode, maybe it'll take to the second episode and they'll drop the bomb and everyone will go crazy and it'll be a big twist. That's probably what they'll do. They love them big twists, but somehow, some way, 10 champions, we will talk about them later during the cast list will be there. It will not be Invasion 2. Invasion 2 would have been good by me if they adjusted the structure a little bit, mainly no teams, because uh, Invasion 1 was a very good season. And again, without the team aspect of it, they could have kept it a little bit more differently balanced or allowed a more free for all game. And, you know, I don't know, I would have liked it again. I would have been okay with it. It still would have done the job of getting this new cast, like a true, you know, five, six, seven episode run to really breathe on their own, have stories on their own before you introduce them. So my only hope is that the champs are just, they're there for an elimination round and that's it. No storylines other than like, if they possibly, you know, it's a story. If like CT gets beaten a hall brawl by someone that would be, you know, that'd be a storyline. We would talk about it on the podcast that night for sure, obviously, but no real storylines, uh, give the real cast breathing room, the new faces. That's the point. So don't make this big, bold move to do this battle for a new champion and have all these relative newbies. And then still you know spoil like if you're gonna do it do it basically is the thing no half measures around here the challenge has been doing a lot of half measures with things that corporate ass hall brawl to name one of them most recently on usa2 so no half measures like if they're there just as mercenaries it's fun it's cool see if who can beat one of these absolute studs otherwise keep the story keep the focus on the new kids that's the point um it's individual winners. We know, I think we know that. I think that's more or less confirmed, but we've gotten pretty far from like how an individual season ever truly being an individual game. In recent individual winner season, it's still been based a lot on pairs almost the entire season, teams, half the season, whatever. Um, and then just like individual in the final. I'm hoping this actually is free agent style. The daily could be anything, could be a team, could be a partner, could be individual. You'll find when you you'll find out when you show up. We'll make the teams or partners when you show up, or it'll just be individual. I hope it's true free agent style season. That would be the best. I hope it's randomly drawn or drafted each time. Um, and that you're legit on your own to vote the whole way through the game. Like purely your vote, not like, oh, it was in teams today. So this team votes, whatever. No, no, no. Just one individual votes, the whole thing as static of a game as possible, please. And thank you. We're in Croatia. We're getting comfortable in Croatia shooting there. That should hopefully lead to some good things. Good locations have been established. They've built up a reservoir of, you know, materials and equipment already there on site. They know the people they're working with just generally 
a comfortable and confident production crew is a good one. It helps make for a good season behind the scenes, which helps make for a good season on the, on the television. So I'm hopeful for that. Plus, the main thing to say about Croatia, they filmed during the summer, and based off the trailer, it's hot. It's hot. Like, not warm. It looks hot. You know how I know that? Because in the trailer, at one point, one of the trailers, there's a bunch of different quote-unquote trailers at this point. One of them, they're in the ocean water, it seems, at night with no wetsuits on, which means it's got to be damn warm for them to be doing that because ocean water doesn't ever get that warm to begin with, and it's at night. So, yeah, it's warm weather season. We need that. No more of these heavy jackets, the rain, whatever. This better be a pool party vibes at the house. They better have an incredible pool. Better be hot the whole time. This young, more single uh, cast that we've got here. Like, let's go. Old challenge style. Let's let's have half of every house segment take place out by the pool. Everyone in their pool attire, having fun, having a cocktail, having all the daily challenges be warm, having the uh, elimination rounds, even though the weather doesn't really matter for those. Let's have it be warm. Just have it be warm and hot the whole way. Summertime challenges are better than any other season of the challenge. So that's great. Final general thing before we get to the cast trailer and clips. The trailer's fan- fantastic. Um, I dig the color scheme. I dig the vibe that they're going for. Again, it's, you know, it's very, you know, sport heavy, obviously and game heavy, but like, again, that's, that's what the show is at this point. I think they did a good job of it this time around. We see some drama, especially in all the clips they've put out. And especially in the, like the little confessional clips to like meet the cast style or like, uh, you know, what's your biggest weakness, whatever, all the clips, the social team puts out. Typically those aren't all that interesting. They're really bland answers. You know, it's like, Oh, are you going to win? And everyone's like, yeah, I'm here to win. Cause I want the money and I want to be a champion. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that that's, you know, I didn't learn much and it wasn't very entertained much by that clip. These ones were actually good. And we see some things. So the confessionals from those good sign that this cast maybe has some good confessionals and is willing to say some shit and be entertaining and funny and witty and all the rest. Seems to be parties, seems to be fun being had, seems to be fights and arguments and beef being had. Like that, I hope it's not just in the trailer. I hope you actually show us it when the time comes. The dailies look extreme, to say the least, but also fun and interesting and cool. And just overall, everything looks great. With one exception, the uniforms. The uniforms are gross. What the hell, Under Armour? Like, did Under Armour hear that the challenge may not be around much longer on MTV or something? Is the deal up? Did did the real uniforms get lost somewhere in the mail and they had to get backups on short notice that are technically like screen printed in someone's garage there in Croatia and they just threw an Under Armour logo on it? Like, what what the hell is with these these jerseys? Like, come on. If there's anything to spend a little bit of money on, like the challenge jersey should be fucking amazing at this point. Like, the, and then you should be selling them. Anyways, I'm, yeah, the, the uniforms don't look great. We'll say that and we'll leave it at that. Everything else looks fantastic. So hyped up. That's a bunch of general high level thoughts, the location, the trailer, the theme, the format, the whole thing. Now let's dive into the cast. Okay, so I did a cast breakdown podcast again. We've referenced it before, referenced it one more time here. Did that the day after whatever they left to film and or week after, I don't know, when we found out who was for sure in the cast. Did that whole pod. It's long. It's good. It had breakdown of every single cast member and a bunch of thoughts about possible alliances and just thoughts and ideas that were rattling around this old brain of mine right back when we did that. So you can still go listen to it. It's worthwhile. It's still, you know, you can use the show notes of it to just go to the cast part. If you want, you can listen to the whole thing. It's all still legitimately relevant. And it's why we won't spend as much time today doing every single cast member, a bunch of things on any of them. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to read through the entire cast. I'm going to say where they came from and, you know, the shows they've been on or the challenge seasons they've been on. And then I'm just going to give you like one sentence on that cast member. It may, I didn't even double check. It may end up being the same thing I might've said about them before. I don't remember. I didn't double check. So it's just going to be one quick little thought on each one. So we can go through the list really fast. And then I'm going to reiterate some kind of interesting total numbers of like where the cast comes from and seasons they've done and things like that, that I shared back on that other podcast, but I think are worth saying again, because it's kind of fascinating to look at as a whole. And then 
we will get to my top five females and top five males that I'm most excited for and why. And those 10 of the 24 cast members will get more than one sentence. They'll get a couple extra sentences about them and why I am most excited to see them back. Those are basically just kind of my faves going into the season. So that's what we got here for this little cast breakdown. Let's kick it off with the females and spur of the moment decision. We're going to go in reverse order of name because last time we went in alphabetical order. And you know, if you've listened to this pod from season previews before, we don't think it's fair that everything's always just in alphabetical order around here. It always screws over the Wes's of the world, if you will. So females first going in reverse order, which means I have to scroll up my notes. That could be difficult. Let's see if I can nail it. Zara. She's originally Challenge UK and World Championships, so she's done two seasons, if you count both of those, originally from the Royal World. To be determined on Zara, I don't know. She was good on UK. Uh, She was solid on World Championships. Still to be determined for me. Big T is back. Four seasons of this show last seen on Spies, Lies, and Allies. She's an absolute star. Hope she gets to flash some of those chef skills that she now has. Absolute star. Can't believe we have her back. Hahui is here. Argentina and world championships. Will admit I was surprised that an Argentina player was added to the mix here. I hope things go better for her here than they did on world championships. Raven from Ryder Dies is back. She's done one season. It was Ryder Dies. That's all on the CV. If she gets in a fight this season, can we please see it? She performed way more on the entertaining scale than we actually got to see uh, from what we heard after the fact. So if she gets in another fight, if she does entertaining things, it looks like she does. Hopefully we get to see them this time around. Olivia. Love Island girl originally, one season, ride or dies. You know her, you probably love her. Challenge fandom has been quick to anoint her as kind of the new favorite person. Let's see if she can deliver in that role. It's a very different role to be going into. Nerys then, yes, please. One, uh, are you one six? One season, ride or dies, music videos, the whole thing. Nerys, star, yes, please. Mariah. To be determined on Mariah, but I do have faith. Obviously, Mariah from Ride or Dies, Fessel, Fessy Fan Club. Shout out her, um, his Ride or Die back on Ride or Dies. To be determined on her. It was it was a tough determination to make on Ride or Dies. There will be more on Mariah coming up. Michelle Fitzgerald, two-time Survivor finalist, one-time Survivor winner. Third, now maybe fourth season because Ride or Dies and USA 2, depending if you want to count those, add those together. Michelle's back. She's my favorite female cast member right now across all challenge universe. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I love her. She's fantastic for this show. And I think it's kind of hilarious that she's going to be the quote unquote vet of the house. I think that's a hilarious position that she's going to find herself in. Mel Reeves, DJ Mel Reeves back. Excellent Beach UK. Three seasons of the show last seen on Total Madness. She fights, she competes hard, she's a DJ, so she parties is fun. Overall, been fantastic on this television program in past, and I know will be again on this season. Jessica Brody, Challenge Australia, originally from The Bachelor, Australia. Spoiler alert here, not about the show, but post-show. She is dating Devin. So that happened somehow, some way, via this season, as the vehicle behind them meeting at some point. I'm Team Devin, so I'm Team Jessica, I guess. Colleen Schneider, Mole Germany, one season, ride or die. Colleen and Kim back on ride or dies. I was a big fan. I think she's a sneaky person. She's hot. She's athletic. I'm here for it. Glad she's back. And then Berna, Spies, Lies, and Allies, originally Survivor Turkey. She brings drama, so I'm here for that as well. On the male side, we're going to try to go reverse alphabetical order again because I didn't totally flub that the first time around. Men's, we go with Kylan first. Which, yes, Kylan with a K is the furthest down the alphabet the men's go. A lot of first half of the alphabet, first letter of their first name folks around here on the male cast side. That's a random point that you didn't need. Kylan, Big Brother 23, Challenge USA 1. Fascinated, fascinated to see him go from CBS to MV, uh, to MVP to MTV. Maybe the MVP of the season too. I don't know. that Maybe that was a Freudian slip. Maybe that's what he's going to be. We shall see. Jay is here. Survivor, three seasons of the challenge. Last seen on Ride or Dies with his Ride or Die Michelle. I love him. I think this set of guys sets up way better for him than he could have ever hoped for in a challenge house as far as how he physically stacks up with these dudes. Big season for Jay coming. James Locke, a.k.a. Lockie. Only way is Essex. 
one season of the Challenge, Challenge UK. If you watch the Challenge UK, you'll remember Locky is the one who smashed his entire face. His entire face was purple. Like he painted it as in like some horror clown makeup paint, but no, he just smashed his face on the water so bad that he basically broke all the blood vessels in the entirety of his face, along with some bones and stuff. It was bad. He toughed it out through it. It was very entertaining. I will say that. And um, But I'm still kind of shocked to see him again. I hope his face feels better. He was kind of the villain of Challenge UK for the brief time he was there. I hope he's the villain again here. We could use some villainry in this house. Huey is back. Big Brother UK originally. Spies, Lies, and Allies when he was in the Challenge world. He spills the tea like few others. My man, Huey, has been spilling out on the social streets or alluding to tea he will be spilling when he is contractually allowed after said things, events have aired on television. Cannot wait. Here's the hoping Huey gets all the way to the end of this season. I mean, one, because I like him and would like to see him do well, but two, because I I need Huey there. I need our reporter in the field there for the whole season to give us the down low after the fact. So love that. Horacio's here. Exaltlon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I know now that I've watched it at my favorite little uh, random story, I don't think I've told on the podcast before. After Rider Dies or during Rider Dies, I knew, you know, Horacio was on the show Exaltlon, Estadios Unados, uh, the US version of the Mexican show. I don't even know if there's multiple versions of it, but I knew it was on this cool looking show when I kind of looked it up. And then I'm sitting down just down the street. Shout out Lindo Guadalajara. One of my favorite restaurants, maybe my favorite restaurant, maybe my most frequented restaurant, little dive taco joint. And I'm sitting down and usually, you know, it's always on the Spanish channel on TV. I'm not really paying much attention. I sit down the other day and what do you know? Exaltlon is on TV. I watched two episodes. I ate my food and then I was just like, nah, I'm just going to hang out. Can I get another glass of water, another Coca-Cola? Cause uh, I'm going to keep watching this show. It was fantastic. I need to, is, if that stuff's available on YouTube or somewhere, I need to watch Horacio. He's the chosen one at this point. Him and Olivia, you know, they're they're the stars that coming out of last season and being put forward to this season as the new face of the show. Can he deliver? Same as I said for Olivia. It's a it's a different spot to be in. Certainly, Emmanuel is back, Survivor Romania, Spies, Lies, and Allies. I just want Emmanuel to be the villain. I want him to be the villain. I think he could be a great villain in this house and maybe could be pigeonholed into being it. Go for it, is what I say. Thank you in advance if you do it. Ed. Eason is here. The Circle, Spies, Lies, and Allies alternate come in. Wows everyone with how amazing Ed is. He's, I, I, thank the Lord, Ed's here. Thank the Lord, Ed is here. I love Ed so much. There's a lot more on Ed coming up very soon. Corey Lay, we'll just continue thanking the Lord. Continue that prayer right into also adding Corey Lay because thank goodness this man is back. Spies, Lies, and Allies, 12 dates of Christmas before that. But just made for the challenge. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Chauncey is here. Rider dies. Obviously Amber's baby daddy, fiance, husband. I don't know if they're engaged, married, what baby daddy, uh, significant other ride or die, I guess is the best way to phrase it. Chauncey is here to now, you know, I'm just interested him sans Amber. It's a very interesting place to see. We've met, you know, I think is the only one coming in that we met through that means of being no him and I guess him. And although Mariah, again, uh, her and Fessy weren't exactly, you know, anywhere near the relationship that Chauncey and Amber have obviously clearly. So, you know, an interesting path to now being in this house without Amber being there and with a new child at home to hopefully bring some cash back for, and the fact that his wife, baby mama, whatever, uh, again, I apologize. I think they're maybe engaged. I don't remember, but she's a champion. So that's a lot of pressure, man. You want to both provide for them, but also like she won one, you go get yours. So very interesting place for Chauncey to be. Kieran is here. Challenge Australia. Fantastic. Loved him on that. We'll love him again. I'm sure of it. Callum is here. X on the beach. Peak of love. One season of the challenge. UK. High expectations because he did. I mean, he didn't actually. I don't know. who They got someone's spot. He got his spot. He got called because he should have because he was fantastic on the UK as basically the entire cast was. And I'm very excited for him. Uh, I just it just. Him being there, anyone from Challenge UK being there reminded me that Nathan, the best Challenge cast member in forever, maybe ever, uh, was on World Championships and then like got COVID or whatever and got, I, I still get upset about it. But Callum's great. I'm very excited for Callum. And then last but not least, we got Asaf. 
Going to be great. Mark my words. Asaf's going to be great. Are you the one for one season? Total Madness. It's been a moment since we saw him. You probably don't remember him because he was barely there on Total Madness. He made out with Nani. That was right before Nani and Casey became a thing. And made out with her, lost to Jay in a crazy aerial combat uh, uh, elimination. And then we didn't see him again. And I didn't expect we'd ever see him again, but now he's here. So that's Asaf. So one more time, the list in order. Berna, Colleen, Jessica, Melissa, Michelle, Mariah, Narice, Olivia, Raven, Huhui, Big T, Zara, Asaf, Callum, Kieran, Chauncey, Corey, Ed, Manuel, Horacio, Hui, Locky, Jay, and Kylan. That is your cast. A couple numbers, a couple notes on this cast. Five people are true rookies to the flagship world. Jessica, Callum, Kieran, Lockie, Kyland. 15 people are on their second ever season. Berna, Colleen, Mariah, Narice, Olivia, Raven, Huhui, Zara, Asaf, Chauncey, Corey, Ed, Manuel, Horacio, Huey. Obviously with that, Huhui and Zara, I am counting the world championships, you know, as the season like flagship-esque versus the spinoffs that the others have only been on, the, the ones, the quote-unquote rookies have only done the spinoff type of season. And then we have three people. We have no one who's doing their third season unless you don't count Michelle's USA, you know, then she would be doing, she's doing her third flagship season, but she's really kind of doing her fourth season along with Jay and DJ Mel Reeves. And one person in the cast is doing their fifth big T. So again, it's basically everyone's done one season, some a spinoff, some not almost everyone is on their second season and a couple people, four people are on anything further than that. Jay, Michelle, DJ Mel Reeves and big T. Those are the vets of this house. The USA international split. Also interesting. 11 USA folks, 13 international six from the UK, Melissa, big T Zara, Callum, Huey and Lockie. So that's very significant when thinking alliances, Australia, we got Jessica and Kieran and then Berna from Turkey. Originally Emmanuel from Romania, Colleen, Germany, Huey. Argentina and Horacio, Mexico. Again, not all challenge blank seasons, but from originally their original television show being from those countries programs, 11 folks being originally from a USA reality program. And then obviously champs, non-champs finalists, zero champs. We're well aware of that. 24 non-champs. We're well aware of that, but only six of these folks have even made a final. Zara, Kieran, and Callum have made a final on one of the spinoffs and especially with Zara and Callum, there was only four elimination rounds on challenge UK. It was a five episode season. Um, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Kieran, it was a full season on challenge Australia. And then Horacio, Olivia and Mel Reeves have made a real flagship challenge final. So they've got the most experience as far as going far in the game. And then again, obviously 18 non-finalists. So very, very interesting there. Let's talk the cast members I'm most excited for. We gave you one little thing on each one. Let's talk five females, five males that I'm the most excited for. Let's start with the females. Number one, obvious one, Michelle. Michelle's number one. She's a known pair with Jay. She's, again, kind of the vet. Her and Jay are kind of the vets of the group, like full stop. She holds the most interesting position on day one in the house to me. Dynamics-wise of the house, how things are going to play out, it's a complete question mark, but I know that the fulcrum, one of the first fulcrums, little swing points will just be how Michelle and Jay are treated, act in the house, what type of power they maybe try or don't try to assume. So she's my favorite, but also I'm just fascinated at the the, the position she could hold on the onset of the game and where she could kind of help steer the direction of the season in early going or reactions to her or what have you. So Michelle's the first one. Second one, cheating. This is a trio. Olivia, Narice, Raven. Look, they were all three on last season together as rookies. Two of them on last season, Narice and Raven, had some bad blood between them. Two of them liked each other and became very good friends, Olivia and Narice. Two of them now have bad blood between them actively right now, Olivia and Narice. This is a minor spoiler of some sort that is based on pretty publicly held within the challenge fandom information. Not about any result of the show, don't worry, but... Obviously, Narice and Horacio are together. We know that if you're paying any attention to social media. And if you've been to any recent Challenge Mania, because Olivia is the unofficial co-host now of Challenge Mania Live's events. She was there for the Chicago one I was at recently. Uh, Olivia has feelings about Narice and Horacio being together. 
and that relationship. And it was alluded to certainly that there's, there's some beef on this season that these three and all of the women that come from rider dies into this and everyone from rider dies into this, that the relationships are different this time around and things change and things alter throughout the season. So I'm fascinated. It seems like a combustible combination. Those three being there together. That's a recipe for good TV. Very excited there. Third one, Mariah. Is she the best athlete on paper? I have looked up and down this roster of women and the men really too. And I don't know who like, there is no standout. It's not just, there's no vets there. It's no, there's no like, oh, well that person's like the best athlete for sure. Or like that person's like way bigger and stronger. Like if they get a the, the a hall brawl or a pull wrestle, like you don't want to go against that person. Or even like that person is clearly the best runner or clearly the best at puzzles or anything like that. There's no one who's kind of like clearly the best at anything. And athletically, I'm just like, I don't know who the best athlete is. I think it might be Mariah on paper. And I don't know that that makes it interesting to me because she's also the one that I think would be the maybe biggest surprise of like, we didn't get a ton from you on rider dies. And you were kind of like the least rider die of the rider die. As far as like, it was just like, Oh, you're Fessy's partner. And like, it seemed we all were like, well, Fessy and Casey should have just been together or whatever. So it's very interesting to me. I'm very interested to see how her season's going to go. And if she, if I'm, correct that she might be the best athlete in the house on the female side we will find out big t fourth one lovable underdog from the past now coming out of retirement she's like the favorite not like the favorite to win but like she's the favorite everyone's favorite one of everyone's favorite everyone loves her huge q rating on big t okay loved 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 she can also kind of stack up physically with this cast again referencing back to that like there isn't the like Tori, Casey, Cara, Maria, Laurel, whatever that kind of looms over this cast. And that's way different than what she's had in seasons past. I have no idea what happens with her this season. I was shocked kind of that she was back so quickly and I love it because I love her and fascinated by her. And then on a similar vein, Mel Reeves, fascinated to see her back. Totally different environment than when she was here before. Totally different group of people that she will be playing with. What is her comfort level now coming back after a few years now that she is a parent and the fact that that child of hers, she was pregnant with it last time she was on this show because that's a thing that keeps happening on this show for some reason. And sometimes that changes how folks act on the show. Sometimes it doesn't, Amanda, but sometimes it does. And Mel was an entertaining force to be reckoned with on previous seasons of the show. Will she still be that? Will she be any different? Again, mostly just fascinated because she's like the only old head, even though she's not old and certainly hasn't done that many seasons or anything like that. But like she is, as I referenced earlier, the only one from pre-Total Madness. Like she's not even from the new crop. Like she's a little bit further back and none of the big UK invasion group that was there with her originally is there. The War of the Worlds folks, the trilogy folks, none of it. So I'm fascinated for her. On the male side, Five folks I'm fascinated with. First one, Ed. Ed, 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 Ed. Oh my gosh, this is the best. I'm rooting for Ed. I love Ed. I love the whole Eason family. Shout out Tammy. Shout out Mitchell. The whole fam. It's amazing. Love them. Love Ed. I want him to win. I want him to win so badly. I, oh man. I mean, I've been rooting for folks on Challenge USA. I've obviously, for a few seasons now, been rooting for my guy Fessy. Fessy fan club, stand up. Woo, woo. But I, I haven't rooted for anyone uh, like I'm going to be rooting for Ed in a long time on the challenge. I want him to win so dang bad. And he did really well as an alternate rookie on his first season who had no alliance and was thrown in multiple eliminations. And it was just kind of a, a crap shoot and whatnot. He performed well. He showed he's got all of the on paper, his resume. He's got everything you'd want to have. He's a strong, he's a shorter, but big and strong. He can run a bit. He's super smart. He's likable, fun, nice. Like he should have good social game, good political game, good everything across the board. I'm rooting for Ed. Corey Lay. This man was made for the challenge. He he could have been, he's one of the few people I would look at in modern casting and be like, this guy would have been amazing. Put him on season one of the challenge, put him on season 39, put him on any of the 38 seasons in between. Would have been amazing. Will be amazing. I'm so ready for his second chance. I'm just floored, thrilled that he is back. Can't believe it. Well, I can believe it because they obviously needed to cast him again. So, and they tried to on Rider Dies. It just didn't quite work out. Really glad that that wasn't the like, ah, oh, shit, we tried to get Corey again and it didn't work out. I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad they got him back there right away. 
big expectations for Corey Lay on and off the field this season. Asaf, look, they invited him back years after a first elimination exit. So they must have, you know, they must see something in him. They must see something. And from the trailer and the clips, seems like this man's ready to have a good time, maybe ready to talk some shit. He's definitely still an athlete. He's beautiful to look at. I'm in. He's still got everything that would make you think this guy can be amazing on the challenge. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And again, if you don't remember Asaf and you're still like, what the hell? One episode of Total Madness. Go back and watch it. He made an impact in one episode, but it was only one episode. Fourth person on the male side I am so excited to see is Jay. Just everything I said for Michelle kind of goes for Jay. Although I wouldn't put with respect because I love Jay and he is one of my favorites. He is not my number one favorite on the men's side. Uh, the way Michelle is my number one favorite on the female side, and maybe overall it's Michelle and Ed. That's that's who I'm that's who I'm rooting for and riding with. But I really do love uh, Jay as well, and everything else from Michelle just goes ditto for Jay. Those two are a known pair. They're as close to vets as we've got, and I think they together hold the most interesting opening position in the house and who I'm most keen to see how everyone reacts to and what alliances form with and around them in the opening episode. So Jay, super interesting to me going into the season. And then fifth and finally, we've got to have him on the list too, Horacio. It's a tough spot to be in. All right. I will say that up front. It is a tough spot to be in. It's a, it's, it's a good spot to be in, but it's a tough spot to be in when you're put forward as kind of like the new it guy. And then you've got to live up to it on a season where there are no known quantities to say the least, you know, again, they're trying to make all these new stars. And if the goal of the season is to make new stars, they've placed their biggest bet on Horacio and Olivia. Okay. And so that's a, a tough place to be again, a good place to be. That's awesome. They're backing you. They're putting you forward, putting you on the poster, putting you out of promos. They got you at Raiders games and stuff. I think he was, I forget who was there, but they're doing all kinds of stuff with you. And, you know, you definitely deserved after this stellar first season, but you know, it's, it's just a tough situation to be in. Now there's a lot of pressure. You go from the rookie that everyone just loves and falls in love with like, holy cow, he's just kicking everyone in the butt in eliminations. And then this, you know, horrible ending to the final that they don't even get to finish. And it was, you know, so endearing how he at, reacted to all of it, the whole thing. And then now you're kind of like everyone's favorite and you're kind of put forward as like the one that we need to be the big star out of this new crop that we're trying to make stars of. So tough spot, good spot, interesting spot to say the least. I know this. I know he ends up with Norris, so it looks it's a winning season to me for Horacio, no matter what. He he won on the season, no matter what, because at the end of it, we know he is with Norris. So good job by him. Good job by her. We'll see if he can also get a win in some dailies or eliminations or even in a final. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the champs at some point, so we'll quickly do that here there are 10 champions, as we talked before about format-wise. We don't know exactly how they'll be used mercenaries or some form of a mercenary, but there are 10 of them there. Brad, Durrell, CT, Devin, and Jordan on the men's side. Tori, Laurel, Kara, Kaz, and Casey on the women's side. It is a fearsome bunch, to say the least. It is a big, big deal, mainly because of Kara Maria, even though she filmed All-Stars 4. Where is it? Release All-Stars 4, please. She filmed that one first, but this one is airing first, so this is the return of Cara Maria. Um, still don't know. I think it was back on that uh, cast reaction pod that I might have mentioned, or I don't even know when 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 they released the trailer. Maybe it was that. I don't know. But at some point, I've said before, I wonder if they went back with Laurel and Cara and filmed some extra confessionals or asked them to film some confessionals like in their house or something with some of the same clothes on they maybe wore to on the season to, you know, be able to say like, I'm back, you know, type of thing. Because, well, for Cara, Laurel was on Ride or Dies. But yeah, it's going to be weird because those two were on All-Stars 4 and maybe have, again, they're not in the game here, so we wouldn't find out their like allegiance to each other or whatever. But regardless, it's kind of odd. But Cara's back. And that's the biggest news to come out of this 10. The other big news, you know, CT's there, Bananas or Wes isn't. So he kind of like got the spot as that guy. Um, Jordan, you know, is going to be there every time now at this point. And they're going to have him back every time at this point. It's great. 
Devin gets the respect of getting to be one of the champs on this season, which I appreciate because it was kind of bullshit to me that he wasn't on the world championships right after winning rider dies. Um, but you know, that's kind of neither here nor there. And, uh, yeah, Brad Durrell, uh, legacy spots. Fantastic. Love it. Casey, Tori, Kaz, you know, Amber just had a baby. And so I don't think she was probably wanting to be available maybe for this. And there isn't many recent female champions because, uh, you know, so they have to you add a Kaz in there. Um, there really isn't that many recent male champions again, which is also part of the reason why Brad and Darrell sneak in there. Um, not that, you know, they deserve to, and it's more fun with that, but there's been a lot of same champions over and over. And when it's only one champion a season on each side, there's less to pick from and everything like that. So that's all that super stacked. Whoever has to face CT Laurel and Jordan in particular unfair. Unfair. Those are the three you don't want to face. Respectfully to all 10, you don't want to face any of these 10 people in an elimination, especially one that probably caters to their strengths. I'm guessing they're not going to put Devin in a hall brawl. That's probably not what's going to happen. He's probably didn't sign up for that. Probably going to be Devin in some kind of puzzle or whatnot. You know, Jordan going to be some kind of endurance thing that takes some really strategic thinking, et cetera, et cetera. But of all of that, you know, I don't want to go into any of these 10. If you go against CT Laurel or Jordan, that's just, that's not fair. It's not fair. Um, yeah, that's going to be tough for whoever has to do that. I think it would actually be funny if they put all 10 of these champions, if they're going to be there anyways, put them in like a redemption house with cameras, let them watch some live feeds, get some commentary, get some reports, and then give some commentary and, you know, confessionals. That could be kind of fun. If you're going to use them, might as well lean into it. But again, I'm still not sure what the twist with them is. I believe, again, I think it was said that you don't have to beat one to make the final. I think someone came out and said that from an official channel. Is it just, you know, the house votes in one person each week and they have to face a champion. And if they lose, they go home. If they win, they stay. Is it mercenary style where there's two mercenaries there and the two women up for elimination each face a different person? Is it like bananas backpack mercenary style where it's like, two women both face the same female champion or two men both face the same male champion and whoever does better gets to stay. I don't know. We will see how they handle it will affect the season in a big way though. I'm it's the thing I'm most nervous for is just, I don't like having this weird element up in the air. This, how much are they going to be used again? I don't want this to turn into a half measure where there's way more focus than there should be on the champs. If or way more influence than there should be in the hands of the champs, if this is supposed to be about all these new people and making stars and making stories, then just let it as much as possible be about those new people. Finally, then we've got to do power rankings. We've got to do predictions. And these were the hardest power rankings I've maybe ever had to do. I have no idea how to rank these people going into the season. It's always hard at the beginning of the season because we don't totally know a format, but we usually know a lot more about the competitors and we could kind of be like, oh yeah, they're not so great. And mm, yeah, they're probably going to win. Or things like, you know, this person makes a final, they're going to win a final, that kind of thing. We don't know with this group. Total crapshoot. Anyone can win. Anyone. Of the 24, you'd say a name. I say, yeah, they got a shot. Why not? Don't see don't see why they would have zero chance. I think they all would have a chance. Some a little bit better than others, which is what I tried to parse here and put together this power rankings list. So we'll go men first. Um I've got a big log jam that I'm going to call tied for fourth. I would like to usually do five people on the power rankings, but I've got a top three and then I got a big log jam in the fourth. So Asaf, Jay, Kylan, Emmanuel, Kieran. I felt like all of them maybe got some votes deserved to maybe be on the power rankings. I'm not sure. Kieran, Emmanuel, Kylan, Jay, Asaf. So five way tie for fourth, if you will. I guess we're going eight deep on this power rankings, but five way tie for fourth. Corey Lay in third. Horacio in second. And Ed in first, I have that much faith in Ed. I think he's just, he's made to do really well at everything the challenge asks of you. I think he just crushed this. And I think as we saw last season, Horacio is the same. And I think Corey Lay is very much the same. And while I'm a little more confident in Ed and Horacio's ability to maybe not piss anyone off and end up in eliminations, Corey Lay, I could see going either way. He could be the mastermind behind the largest alliance, or he could make some enemies and cause a little drama and somehow end up in a bunch of eliminations, but maybe win them. So Ed, Horacio, and Corey are my top three. Asaf, Jay, Kylan, Emmanuel, Kieran, they got votes. I'm not sure. 
We'll find out after one episode, maybe after the launch episode, I'll be able to, I'll post some updated on Instagram. Like here's the true power rankings going into the season on the female side, also top three, and then a three-way tie for fourth. So kind of a top six year Mel, big team, Michelle, those three, again, kind of the vet women, if you will, quote unquote, they, everything kind of goes off them to start the season, how they're perceived, how they react to in the house. Um, there's a path for all each of them. There's the good version of being the position they have in the house that leads to a really good position in the game. And so one of those three is, you know, after the first couple of episodes is going to be very high in these power rankings, I think. And the other two are probably going to be very low. I don't know which low. So Michelle, big T Mel, I'm putting you all tied for fourth, putting Olivia in third, Zara in second, Mariah in first. Now, Olivia, Showed she can make a final, showed she can win a lot of eliminations, showed she can build alliances and friends and stuff all on the first season. That's all good. I think she and Mariah both here, I think all the ride or dies women will have a good, again, it might get combustible. It might get, you know, not great at some point, but I think early on it could be really strong and some something to work off of alliance wise. So I got her in third. I got Zara in second because she can run really, really well. And I do think I needed to have UK representation in these power rankings because I do think that UK contingent could work together and maybe bring in the two Australians. And suddenly we got eight people. I like the look of that. And then I got Mariah in first. And mostly this is a, uh, comes down to, again, I just kind of have no idea who how to rank the power rankings going into the season. And I do think she might on paper be the best athlete in the house on the female side. And I think she might be of those ride or die women, um, the one that is close with all of them in an alliance with all of them. And then is like the swing person when those relationships potentially fray. So I just kind of like where she's going in, in the game, a little under the radar there. So I'm putting her first. Now, what we've all been waiting for the predictions. Here we go. First out most daily wins, most elimination wins, finalists and winners. Those are the predictions we make heading into a season. Those are the predictions we're going to make right now. First out, always a crapshoot. Who knows? I feel bad. Even guessing. I feel bad predicting but we're going to do it anyways. Lockie and Hui. I think Hui, lovely, lovely woman, amazing. But I, I do think being the only person from Argentina, potentially being a little older, I believe everyone from the Argentina cast was like a, a little older. And now compared to this, thankfully, again, once again, the average age of this cast is in the 20s, not the 30s for the first time in a while. I got to get the challenge stats on that, but I know that is certainly the case. Um, yeah, I just think there's too many things working against her. So if I if I had to take a shot at who who could be first out, it's again impossible to actually guess, especially it's not impossible on a season where there's some rookies and layups and whatnot, but this season there's not those things. So going with her, going with Lockie, I think maybe the UK contingent is targeted and that he would be the first one that everyone would be like, can we target one of you? And they'd be all like, okay, but if you're going to do it, maybe him. And again, he rubbed people the wrong way in his first stint in a challenge house. I'm hoping he, or someone, at least a few people do again in this challenge house. So taking a shot in the dark, Lockie and Hui first out most daily wins on the season. I think Horacio lives up to the newfound reputation that has been both earned, but then also thrust upon him some extra on top of the already stellar earned reputation. But I think he lives up to it. I think he gets the most daily wins of the season. As for most elimination wins, I don't know who's going to have them, but I think there, I don't think anyone's winning more than two eliminations. I don't think we're seeing any big time elimination runs on this season. We've had it happen many seasons in a row at this point. I don't think it's happening this time. I think two eliminations is the most anyone wins. No one will win three. And I think most likely to be the person who wins two eliminations on this season, Emmanuel, Berna, and Corey Lay. I could see all three of them ending up in some limbs, not having the greatest social political standing in the house, but then being able to win those eliminations if thrown in. So that's kind of the combo you're looking for when trying to guess who could win the most eliminations in the season. So I'm going with one of those three, but the real prediction is that the most elimination wins this season will be two. No one will win more than two. Finalist. Here we go. We're going with 10 as usual. We just assume individual season. It's just kind of become the norm. I know we're only taking eight in USA two. Now I still get 10 cracks at it. If they only take eight, so be it. I'm giving myself 10 cracks at the finalist for this season on the women's side. I'm going 
coming out of retirement was worthwhile. I'm going with Big T with my first selection. I'm going with Mariah for my second, Narice for my third, Michelle, my girl for the fourth, and DJ Mel Reeves for the fifth. So yeah, I'm going that heavy, if you will, um, for the women's side. Big T, Mariah, Narice, Michelle, Mel. I didn't realize I put all three of the quote-unquote vet women on there. So maybe, well, you know, here's the hoping I'm right. They would deserve it. Corey, Kieran, Jay, Kylan, and Ed on the men's side. Again, Corey, Kieran, Jay, Kylan, and Ed. And again, all of this is impossible. If you have predictions for finalists or winners of the season, please share them somewhere publicly. And if even if that's just DM me them before the episode airs next week or within the first couple of weeks, I, if you can get this right, if someone out there can actually, without having seen all the spoilers, because plenty of people know who the finalists and the winners of the season are, I am not one of them. I do not want to be one of them. I hope you are not one of them either. It's more fun this way. It's no fun that way, I say. But if you could not know and actually get eight out of 10 even or pick one of the two winners, it would be super impressive. Um, and you should play the Powerball or something like that. Corey, Kieran, Jay, Kylan, Ed, Big Team, Mariah, Nerese, Michelle, Mel. Those are my finalist picks. And as for my winner's picks, you know what? I, I can't, I, there's nothing to go off of. There's no rhyme or reason. And so with that being the case, I'm picking my favorites. I want my favorites to win. I'm not just rooting for them. I think they will do it. I think Ed and Michelle are going to win this season battle for a new champion. The new champions that will rise will be Michelle Fitzgerald, two-time champion. She will be survivor and challenge champion. Have we had any of those yet? I don't think we have, have we? Well, there, we might have one tomorrow night, Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, we will see if we have one of those from USA. Uh, and obviously, oh, well, I mean, Danny and, uh, well, no, Danny didn't win. Sarah won though, right? So Sarah's done it. I don't know. But Michelle would be the first flagship plus a CBS show. Casey did that flagship plus survivor show specifically. I don't know. Somehow, some way she'll be super impressive and important and historical in her win. Michelle will win. Ed will win. They will be the new faces of the challenge. They are my favorites. They are who I am rooting for. They're who I'm going to pick to win because I have no freaking clue. And I don't think you do either. But that's a good thing. That's something we should celebrate, just like we should celebrate this cast, this season, this concept, unless they totally screw up the whole champ element of it. But I don't think they will. Fingers crossed, okay? I think this is going to be an amazing season. I am so hyped for it. I'm guessing if you are still here an hour and five minutes or whatever-ish it's been later on this preview podcast that you are excited too. So thank you as always for being here. Watch the launch special tonight. Or if you missed it, if you're listening to this on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, MTV.com, I think they maybe put it up. If you have a cable login, I think you can watch on there. If you're a YouTube TV person, you should, like me, you should you know be recording it. You can go DVR it. You might be able to just go watch it on YouTube TV for up to a week afterwards, even if you didn't previously record it. I don't know. Go find it. Go watch it. And then we will have the technical premiere next Wednesday, October 27th. We will be back. Recaps every Wednesday night after the show airs. I will sit down. No screener still over here. So watch it with all of you. Follow along. Do 30 minutes on Twitter. Write up my thoughts, my notes, and then hit record and be out late Wednesday night. So that'll be coming next week. USA 2 finale Thursday night. Survivor recap with Tony. Survivor historian sometime over the course of the weekend. I love you. I thank you. I appreciate you being here. I will talk to you again later this week. Peace.